for the most entertaining talk anywhere. Stay tuned to LA Talk Radio, your real talk station, with 24 hours of commercial free programming. The Green Room is brought to you today by Amazon. Check out SeanTGreen.com and click the Amazon link and shop away to support the Green Room. And now, live from Sherman Oaks, California, the host of the Green Room, Sean Green. All right, everyone, welcome to the Green Room. We're doing it live here on LA Talk Radio. I'm your host, Sean Green, obviously. Feel free to give us a call at any point in the program, 323-203-0815. I'm here with my left-hand man, Logan Lysico. Logan, thanks for uh, coming to the program. Anytime. (laughs) And uh, we have a very special guest today sitting in, comedian, actor, producer. Uh, You've seen him everywhere. You know him everywhere. He's uh, ubiquitous in, in commercial campaigns throughout the country. Give it up for John Huck, everyone. John, thanks for coming on, man. Thank you for using the word ubiquitous. You like that? I did. Well, uh, you know, thought I'd throw you out there. Thanks for coming on, man. <clears throat> hey, thanks for having me. All right. Uh, let's see. Where to start? Uh, we got a lot going on. I... Did you guys watch the Golden Globes last night, Logan? I missed it. Or it was Last uh, night. Yeah, it was... <laughs> was like, uh, what was it? Sunday night? Yeah. yeah there we go. Golden Globes. Um... I'm not sure if this movie won, but I know it was definitely nominated to Serious Man. Have you seen this? I have not. I saw, I saw Serious Man was the biggest piece of shit I've ever seen <laughs> in my entire life. I God, I loved that movie. No, Logan, I loved, no! I, Logan, I didn't, point I'm not just point. saying that to, like, play Devil's Advocate. That was, like... I loved that movie. Who, See, that's that, one of the best movies of the This year. movie is I've what's wrong with Hollywood. It's just no this way. pretentious movie. Nothing happens in the goddamn movie. It's just this like, oh, slice of life. And, and it's it's the equivalent of blue balls. If cinematic <laughs> blue balls. It'd be like if John had a Comedy Central special and he went up there, set up the microphone, set up a little stand next to it, and was like, you know what? I'm actually too good to even talk into this microphone. Talking into the microphone for a stand-up <laughs> special, that's just what you expect. Nah, you don't get and it, I'm an auteur. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do something unexpected. I'm just going to sit here off to the side and watch you wait for me to do something on the microphone and never do anything. No, there's a lesson. The lesson is... <laughs> what you, was the lesson? Life sucks? I know that. No, you can't predict what's going to happen in life and don't try to figure it out because it's pointless. That's, That's the whole point. Life's pointless? <laughs> I know that. That's why I'm watching a goddamn movie to escape pointless life. <laughs> you don't need that reiterated. Life's pointless. Uh, well, I give it a thumb up. Thumbs down. Who's in it? Who's, <laughs> who's in it? It's a it's a Coen Brothers movie. Uh, I'm not really sure. Do you it's know who the new, actors? Do, it's all new people. Do you like his uh, their their other stuff? I like Big Lebowski. <clears throat> I enjoyed that. I saw uh, 15 minutes of Old Country for uh, No Country for Old Men. I liked the 15 minutes I saw. <laughs> but uh, it's it's awful. It's one of those films where you just you know why it was so frustrating too is because visually it looks so well and it's acted so well. But nothing happens in the goddamn movie. Like, they just set you up for something to happen, and then nothing ha- Logan, what yeah, did you like about great. that movie? Why is that great? <laughs> it's awesome. Because the whole idea is you think you're gonna, he's going to find out why all these bad things are happening to him, and he never does. But if you think about the beginning of the movie, they've been saying that all along. Like, the, the, first, uh, all right, we got the first rabbi he visited that was a young guy and looked like he didn't know what he was talking about, he was the only one that got it right. 
All right, so uh, we got a caller here. Uh, caller, you're on the green room. Thanks for calling in. Hey, I'm with Logan. I think a serious man was great. I disagree Thank completely. You. That was the biggest piece of shit film in cinematic history. Please tell no me. Way. All right. I do you see my point that nothing happens in the movie and that it was a total blue balls experience like don't you want something to happen like if I have to figure out what the plot is and the symbolism and everything that takes away from the whole movie going experience counterpoint I think you should see it again now that you know nothing happens just go watch no, it no I'm not going to see I, it no, again listen, Sean I agree with this guy I agree with this guy because I saw Fargo like three times I thought it was the stupidest movie I'd ever seen I was like this movie is terrible and then I kept watching it from the Mike Yanagita part on and okay. I, and I was like, okay, it's funny. And then I started watching it, and nothing. I mean, yeah, things happen, but not really. And at the right. End, you're like, Big, Lebowski. Okay, Big Lebowski. Nothing really happens. Okay. Yeah. Nothing happens, but a dude is trying to get his rug. Right. Stuff happens. But that's not. That's not there's no rugs of, in here. That's okay. All right. <laughs> so everybody did should he, have he a never rug. got his rug back though, did he? Yeah, but the, and his friend died. Like his that was friend the only died. Thing that, that was happened. interesting. Who Who is this on the phone? Is this Alex? Yes, yeah, man. All right, Alex. Alex, do you have any other points to defend this piece of crap film? Besides, that, um, I, I don't know. I saw it three times. Every time it gets better. But what was good about it the first time? What happened in this movie the first time we were like, oh, my God. I like the part when uh, jack shit happened. I have to see that again. Like, tell me, what made um, you see it again? I think the best scene in the movie was when he talked to the second rabbi. And he tells a story about the goy and the teeth. And it goes on. And they have yes. the Jimi Hendrix song playing. I thought that was like one of the most entertaining things all year. Yeah, but yeah, then, and then nothing happened at the end of that little story. And then that, it's and, foreshadowing. It's January. Right. <laughs> yeah, I saw that coming that nothing was going to happen. Nothing happens. That's not a story to tell. <laughs> nothing is not a story. A story has a protagonist. It has problems. It has a resolution. That's what a fucking story is about. Sean, your frustration is the same frustration the main character was experiencing. That's ah, what he's trying to get everybody the whole movie. Okay. Here. Connecting. So? That's not satisfying. If I had that guy's <laughs> life, what's satisfying about that? I paid $10. I didn't pay. My buddy rented it on DVD. Actually, got a screener. So but still, <laughs> I'm pissed off. Something should happen. So you saw the movie for free. Um, yeah. There's a tornado. It's yeah, but safe. the tornado, just about when the tornado hits, that's when the movie cuts off. <laughs> and I don't care if that's a spoiler alert. That what about that I'm chick? spoiling the, Dude, the movie spoiled itself. You got itself. to see that chick naked, though. She is super No, no you didn't, Logan. Yeah, you did. You got to see her fully naked. Full frontal nudity. Where? She's laying in the sun for like 15 minutes. All right. That's a, first off, that's another great point. For an art house film, there's not nearly enough tits in this piece of shit. Now, they, they show this chick sunbathing, but it's a really wide shot through the guy's glasses. You can't really get anything, any uh. good visuals off it. And then when he actually fantasizes about having sex with a chick, he fantasizes about having sex with her while she's wearing her bra. Come on. That's, <laughs> that's so unrealistic. Sean can't get a break with this movie. You're damn right I can. Alex, do you have any more points to defend this piece of shit um, movie? Well, what did you like this year, then? Um, I don't know. What, uh, what are some other films this year? Uh, uh, Bastards. What's up? Inglorious Bastards? No, I didn't see that. Um, Sherlock Holmes, that was a piece of crap. I don't know. I, I watch movies that have already come out. I just watch Caddyshack. Now, I, I realize I don't have the most refined movie taste, but that was totally unsatisfied. That was awful, and I hated it. All right, Alex. I appreciate your counterpoint, though, but uh, apparently I'm in the minority. All right. I had to get that out of the way. That was just really, really uh, totally eating at you. It was. It was. And I felt like... I agree, though. I bet if you watch this movie a couple more times, I think you'd find you liked it. Alright. I, I, I mean, 
Actually, no. You're, you're I'm not, not going to. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. no, I'm not going to. There's no way. So, John, thanks for coming on the program. You're a uh, stand-up comedian, of course. I'm, I uh, I don't even know when I met you. I just feel like I've known you for a while, seeing you around town doing stand-up. Probably three clubs, I think, actually. I would say we probably did meet at three clubs, but then um, hung out at one of your rooms. Yeah, from doing... Uh, or maybe I met you through Andrew Santino. Okay, Does maybe. Does that make sense? Um, I don't know. I'm pretty sure it's probably three clubs, so I've, kn- I've known you since then. Now, uh, just to give people a little uh, background, when did you, uh, how long have you been out in Hollywood? Uh, I've lived out in Los Angeles since uh, November of 1999, but uh, didn't start doing stand-up comedy until 2002. Okay, so you, uh, you came out here in 99. Why did you come out here? Uh, I had nothing going on. I was living in Illinois uh, in an apartment with two guys living on the floor. <laughs> Wait, were you living on the floor, or was it two guys living on the floor? I was on the floor. They each had their own rooms, but, uh, (laughs) yeah, I was working, like, two different jobs, and a uh, really good friend of mine, Tim, um, his uncle lives out here, and he's a documentary director, and uh, he was like, I'm going to go out to Hollywood, and I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'll go with you. Yeah. Because I didn't didn't know what what I was doing. I had literally no life plan, so I just drove out here, and then... um, live with some 40-year-old dude for a little while. and Yeah, I think I did that as well, uh, this guy George, because when I first came out here, I I just came out here to do comedy. I lived in a youth hostel for a while, and then I moved into like a... Re- the youth hostel was pretty... Uh, $17 a day on Hollywood Boulevard. You can imagine the kind of weirdos... Oh here. my God, you lived in a youth hostel? Yeah, it was, it was me, and, uh, and you would just be this... It's like a shady motel room, except... Mm combined with a dorm like it's you and three yeah. other random guys who can't afford yeah. a hotel on hollywood boulevard it's a hostel yeah, yeah exactly. exactly what it is it's <laughs> you can imagine it's a lot of hostility but uh yeah then it's i very hostile, i did the same thing just rented a room from this like you know 50 year old dude no 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 no, no. three bedroom apartment we didn't do the same thing my friend my friend knew this guy through his his uncle so we knew who he was. Oh, okay. His name was Sam. We knew him, and he was willing right. to put us up in a room. You're okay. like living in vans with homeless men. <laughs> yeah. Like, well, we had the same plan. Like, no, 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 no. I didn't do that. This guy was, uh, he was from Sweden, uh, raging alcoholic to the point that, like, you're, you, know, you know you're an alcoholic if you drink every day. Fine. But this guy got to the point where he's drinking so much, he would drink Albertson's rum, like the generic, generic, like... Below Vladimir, below like the bottom shelf Bacardi, yeah, and under the he, bottom shelf, he would just pour these, yeah, and, and mix it with generic cola. Like, oh, oh man, the guy that really wow. lived a sad life. But yeah, it was, uh, think it was a part of that. Think he's still alive? I don't know. I uh, I do know that the one time I was looking for a pair of scissors, I went into his room and I opened up and found a crack pipe and a uh, and a Swedish penis enlarger. Like it sounds like. You know, <laughs> it's that, straight out it, of. Well, it sounds uh, like made up. But. Yeah, no one would ever believe that <laughs> until you open up the drawer and then you see that. Did it have a Did it have a Swedish flag on it? No, no, uh, no. Like um, the one in Austin Powers. But yeah, you see, he was he was from Sweden, which, you know, I, I'm honestly not making that up, but. He was from Sweden, and then just seeing that with, like, the crack pipe. Was well, just the crack, like, you just open up the drawer, and you're like, huh, crack, <laughs> crack pipe. Yeah, ah, penis enlarger. No scissors. All right, close the drawer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't want to picture these guys uh, using it together. So <laughs> you came out here. You uh, you just said it was just more uh, an opportunity to get out of Illinois. Yeah, right? it was just something It was something to do at the time. And, uh, and like, my buddy was like, oh, I think we could probably, I, you know, I guess our goal was to try to get in with an art department because they were like, you can get jobs just moving furniture 
for a company that yeah. makes movies. And I'm like, what? Okay, I can move furniture. I'm big. Right. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm from Pennsylvania. And it's the same thing. You hear these stories about they pay, uh, you know, the Teamsters out here eighty dollars an hour. Like, holy shit, let's yeah. go to Hollywood. Yeah, yeah. Like, and I have you don't know anybody. You don't know how to get into that. You're just. It's <laughs> like, yeah, it's a really around. cushy job. What they don't tell you is that those jobs are passed down from generation yeah. to generation. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I got this from my grandfather. Who got it from his grandfather. So uh, now, what was, did you start working in the industry? I know uh, before the show we were talking that you worked in production stuff. You worked as a PA. Yeah, I, uh, I, well, I did temp work for a while, for a good, <clears throat> I guess almost a year. I was working for uh, an insurance company through a temp service, and they hired me outright, <clears throat> and they were, uh, they offered me, they were off. I was applying for an underwriter position. Like I really didn't know what I was doing. Yeah. <clears throat> All I heard was, "You might get your own computer." <laughs> I was like, cool, because at the time I didn't have a cell phone or computer or anything. Jackpot. Yeah, so so I interviewed for that, and then as I was done with my second interview, my buddy called me at work. He's like, hey, dude, I got this job working for the U.S. Comedy Arts Festival uh, in L.A., and then we go to Aspen for the actual festival. And uh, he's like, would you want? Would you be interested in driving a truck from here to Aspen and then driving vans with the comedians around? I'm like. Yeah, that sounds way better than being an underwriter <laughs> yeah, exactly. for an insurance company. Like, that I was, sounds like a fun time. And I was still, I was like 24, you know, so I was young enough to be like, okay, I can still fuck off and a right. little bit and not. So I did that, yeah. and that led to um, PA work and stuff, and then I ended up on uh, Jamie Kennedy Experiment, which led to Punked, which. That's cool. Now, what were you doing for Jamie Kennedy? Experience? I was, uh, I was a PA. Uh, I was a PA and then a key PA, whatever. But it was it was really uh, it's a step up. It was an amazingly fun show to work on. Like everybody on that show was so it was really. Fun. I went as a PA. You think things are so stressful and you think you got a lot of responsibility, but you don't. Yeah, exactly. Like, as long as everyone's got something to drink. Right. That's there's the a thing. bathroom that people can poop in. <laughs> like you're you've done your job. You're good. It's yep. like it's it's just really it's it's fun work. Fun work when you're younger. So now you came out here in '99. You said you didn't start doing comedy until 2002. Was comedy something that it was always kind of the, in your back of your head? I mean, because it seems weird to just come out to LA and then decide, oh hey, let's just try stand-up. Well, people, without having thought about it before. Absolutely, people give me a hard time because I was, I'm from Illinois, so I was like 30 minutes outside of Chicago. Right. There's a lot of comedy in Chicago. Yeah, exactly. And, and I only went down there for like Blues Fest and Taste and just because you could be underage and drink beer, basically. You take the train down and it was fine. No one gave a shit. But um, so I moved out here and I, I don't know, you know, I've always liked comedy. <laughs> I've always liked trying to be funny. And uh, I, I just, I gave it a shot. It was my mom, really, who was like, you know, why don't you just go to go on stage? And I was like, you don't just walk on stage. What kind of bullshit <laughs> is that? And then, and then I was like, I, I guess you do, really, because you yeah, start I mean, open mic, and that's yeah, all I did. I started going open mics at the Ha Ha Cafe. Yeah. And uh, sounds familiar. Yeah. And then you know that led to this radio show. Dream come true. Yeah. Well, you uh, you are you are uh, <laughs> definitely making some headway. I saw you uh, recently on Live at Gotham. Uh, well, yeah. If uh, you're not familiar, it's the kind of a, a showcase show on Comedy Central Friday nights, and uh, John was one of the comedians picked. How? How did that go about? Did you get, uh, did someone see your set and then you had an audition? What kind of, how was that process? Um, it went so well. I heard they just canceled the show. <laughs> <laughs> they, ju they just canceled live at Gotham. Yeah, yeah. Oh I, shit. I think so. But I, th I could be wrong, but I think so. But they do that. They like it was yeah. premium blend before. Well, right. They, they it'll bring be it back in it'll be... different reincarnations. Exactly, exactly. But uh, no, I, I, uh, I'd been kind of showing my face in and out of the improv for a while and. I don't know. My name started to come up 
with uh, Eric Abrams, who is basically the guy who. Yeah, he's the booker over at the. Uh, yeah, Hollywood. Hollywood Improv. So yeah. he, he, and he gave just, you a recommendation. Uh, yeah, I guess he called me and just asked me if I wanted to showcase for it. So I showcased at the Brea Improv, which is a fantastic club. Yeah, no, I, I mean those. any of the improvs are really yeah, great. Yeah, but but I think especially Brea and Irvine usually are really fun. Yeah, fun they get rooms. a good crowd. Yeah, and uh, and that went really well, and then I got it from that showcase, I guess. Nice. So now, uh, and also, you, I've seen you in a ton of commercials. Uh, you know, I, I'm sure a lot of, you know, I buddies that I have from back east or someone, they come and they're like, oh, wait, I know that guy. I know that guy from so you. When I was interviewing you earlier, you really, you are one of like, I would say one of the handful of guys that you see a lot in commercials. I, I saw you doing the uh, Monday Night Football, uh, Boost Mobile. I know there's been a couple beer ones. The yeah. uh, Capital One, where the uh, you bring up the cheeseburger on the screen of the deserted island. Yeah, that was really the that was really the bit the biggest one, I guess. But the Boost Mobile is just me talking, so that's kind of big. But that's a buyout, so no one really cares about that, I and mean, they just run that everywhere. Someone told me they're running into the Mall of America on a loop. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I was just like, like, that's uh, got to be uncomfortable for everybody. <laughs> walking it's kind around. of a dark commercial for a mall, but. Uh, I agree. I think it's. I was surprised that it got the reaction it got because I'm like, it's. I dropped a burrito oh, here, yeah. inside a cadaver. Yeah, it's here's here's the gross. audio in case you missed it. Here's the audio. <laughs> oh. What? You think this is wrong? <laughs> this is a breakfast burrito. <laughs> he dropped the burrito. He's he's doing a. Um, He's exhuming a body, examining it, and he drops the burrito on the cadaver and then picks up the burrito, continues eating it. In, inside <laughs> the chorizo. Guy. Yeah, inside the guy. I'll tell you what's wrong. Cell phone companies charging hidden fees. <laughs> That's why I got Boost Mobile. Their $50 monthly unlimited plan, it has no hidden fees. There you go. Free free spot for Boost uh, Mobile. Yeah. Now the, you... uh, the, they told me I wouldn't have to like because I was dropping it into like goop. There was like food coloring and stuff inside this open corpse, which was actually on six feet under. Oh know. really? Yeah. Wow! So the corpse is getting a lot of work. Yeah, it's getting, the corpse is working. This is a guy that got cut in half by the elevator. If you ever. That's saw always it. for a guy trying to <clears throat> break in the industry. It's always annoying when you hear like, oh, this dog's been all these, all these yeah. years. Like, yeah. this is the same baby from Look Who's Talking. Like, god damn it, <laughs> babies and dead bodies are getting all these jobs. Yeah, but it's not like you're going out for those roles anyway. <laughs> well, who says I can't play a dead body? John, no, you could. You, you could, could drop a burrito in my open yeah. cadaver any yeah, day. Have them open you up. Ugh. So wait, where you say? I'm sorry, I cut you off there. You, no, no, you, I was just saying that they told me because I was dropping this thing into goop. They were like, well, yeah, get to where you're almost biting it, <clears throat> and then don't bite it, and do the lines. <clears throat> Excuse me. And uh, then they had me do one take while I, where I bit into it and spoke with my mouth full, and they liked that so much that we had to do like 45 more of those. So oh, I was geez. just like eating whole burritos with shit all over them. <laughs> It was fun. We shot that in a real morgue. That was at the oh, really? L.A. County morgue. L.A. Yeah. County morgue. All right, so now now the question that's on everyone's mind. You're on a lot of commercials. You're on the live at Gotham. You're doing some producing here. You know, you produce for punk, like you said. Does it really help you meet chicks? Is it, <laughs> does it help you? Like, because that's my dream is to get on TV so I can get laid. Like, does that <clears throat> is that a reality, John? Does that help? I feel like at least, the very least, it's a good icebreaker. Well, I think you would have a better shot at it than me. Yeah. Yeah, because... I the reason I'm in commercials is because I look like this. You know what I mean? Like I don't have any acting skills really. Just I have weird hair, a beard, and a giant nose. Well, you, like, you're you're definitely. I mean, you got an interesting look, and then you're right. able to deliver a funny line. Well, right, but I mean, the look is really 
They can direct <laughs> anything around you. It's just you got as long as you look like a freak, they'll use you. So, so if, when you do oh. when you do start getting on TV a lot, Sean, I think you'll have a better chance of getting laid oh, than thanks. I would because you're a better looking guy and you're All younger right. and uh, probably smarter. Yeah, definitely. So, <laughs> yeah, it, it hasn't helped me at all. No, Let's but just do, I do. I mean, I notice I, people recognize you. Do do women ever like say something <laughs> to you? Yeah, sure. Get out of my way. <laughs> what are you looking at? <laughs> so commercial and uh, live at Gotham. It's not the pot of gold of Poon that we all. No, I, yeah. I mean, it, I think it just depends on who you are. You know what I mean? Like. Uh, if I was somebody different, maybe, but yeah, I'm me, so no. Well, yeah, it's right. <laughs> there's no shame in being you. I mean, uh, don't you know? Don't don't beat yourself up too much, Jeff. No, I won't. Um, let's see. All right. Well, we got. Uh, have you been uh, keeping up with these late night wars, the late night battles? <clears throat> you know, I haven't. I should, probably should have. I tried TiVoing Conan when when he first took over the Tonight Show, just like every episode, because I really am a big fan. I think he's really funny. Yeah. And I just it became. I was too busy. I just had. Too much other TV to watch, I guess. I well, know. now now all these old clips are surfacing. I got a couple here that are pretty interesting. This is uh, Norm McDonald going on Conan's show. This is uh, he's going on Conan's show now. This is right before Conan takes over the Tonight Show, and this is right after they made the announcement that Jay Leno will be having a 10 o'clock show before. Him. It worked. <laughs> and, uh, but then it worked, and it's great. And we're all really proud. Uh, he, before he was talking about the reaction at Saturday Night Live when they heard that Conan was getting uh, the late night show from David Letterman, and all the writers were like, "What the hell, <laughs> Conan O'Brien? All right." So. And so that's great. And also, it's uh, stunning how uh, Jay Leno outfoxed you again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's good. Now this is so funny too because this is before what you know this is before this, is this years, whole debacle. This is years before, isn't it? Is this when he this is actually first? this is actually January. This is almost one year ago. Okay. Because okay. this is and then in May he took over, so he's only been on the Tonight Show for seven months. <laughs> you think, like everybody's like, oh, I'm Jay Leno. They do the voice. And <laughs> Meanwhile, he's the shrewdest guy. He outfoxed. You're, you're in good company. He yeah. outfoxed Johnny Carson. <laughs> David Letterman. Every ten years, some redheaded rube shows up. <laughs> I'm like some clown off the bus yeah, with cardboard suits. Gee golly, this yeah, is gonna be great. Me. Yeah, you can have it after me. <laughs> is there any way people can talk about Jay Leno without doing the voice? No. It's impossible. <laughs> it just can't be done. <laughs> you go, hey, thanks, Jay. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. So that's the phone call you got. Yeah, yeah. Uh, your agent's like, there's good news and bad news. You are doing the Tonight Show. It's true. Mm-hmm. But remember that discussion where we had where you said, I'll never have to follow Leonard again. So, uh, yeah, I mean, that's, that's it, you know, it was really funny at the time, but now in light of the recent events, it oh, makes it, yeah, it I, all the more real. I think they're kind of pissing on the Tonight Show by doing that. I mean that show's been around forever. Right. Forever. No, yeah, I mean it's it's you know you forget that Johnny Carson, Jack Parr, Steve Allen, like people have hosted that show. That show goes way back, you know. And now they're just taking a dump seven all over months? it. Yeah, they give them seven months and they're putting that fucking asshole back on. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I uh, it is funny like with all the people losing all the jobs, that's the rampant unemployment. 
what it takes for people to get out and rally in the pouring rain, it's when Conan O'Brien yeah. loses his job. Yeah, right. And I don't even know if it's that much that people love Conan, but I think a lot of it is they just don't want to see Jay Leno have the Tonight Show again. Yeah. I mean, even if you like Jay Leno, that's fine, but he should just fuck off and go play with his cars. I mean, yeah. I don't understand. Well, right. I mean, Pat Oswalt uh, came out and said, it. you know, it just seems like such a waste. Like, he's not trying to do anything creative with it. What is this compulsion that he has to want that 11:30 time slot? Yeah. I guess in defense of Jay, he didn't want to leave. You know, they kind of forced him out of retirement when he was at number one. You know, I mean, the guy did. I think he wanted to leave on his own terms when he was either number two or when he felt like he could give it up. You know, it, it, these guys that are successful at a high level, you know, they're competitive. And it's kind of what defines him as a person. He doesn't want to give that up. What, he doesn't have really a family. He's got the wife and right. the cars. So it's like if he doesn't have that 11:30 slot, what does he have? He's just he's, he's not the Tonight Show host. He's just Jay Leno dicking around with a car. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, he I he <laughs> wants to hang on to it. it it's just a weird. Uh, interesting study in psychology. All right, we got a caller calling into the uh, green room here. Caller, you're on the air. Hey, how's it going? Is it Sean? Yeah, can you uh, turn down your radio? Yeah, hold on. Let me put the down. That's how I know I'm in real talk radio, and I tell guys to turn down their radio. <laughs> I'm trying to. I don't know. Though. <laughs> you just hear him start smashing with yeah. a hammer. Like, hey, Thanks for calling in, man. Who is this? Jason Vitterini. How's it going, how's it going ah, you guys? Oh, hey, how's it going, man? <laughs> well, all right. Hey, you know, you're... you're you're talking about Leno, and you know I have to call him. And you guys are talking about a couple of Boston guys. Uh, All right. Up the airwaves here. Well, yeah, yeah. Actually, yeah, that is a uh, interesting aspect that people haven't talked about. Both Conan and uh, Jay are both originally from Boston. What's your take on this uh, late night situation? I think it's great. No, I have something to, to shoot for. I can always uh, hope to have a failed talk show and uh, make forty million bucks off. Yeah, exactly. I have, a, I have a new life goal: is to be an NBC failure. <laughs> Well, that's the thing. He's a he has a sympathy rally, and he has a thirty-two and a half million dollar severance. Like this is a good deal. Oh Jesus Christ, it's a good deal. I got a couple grand from leaving the phone company. This is unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> I would feel bad. The only thing I, I like them both. I just I'm just it doesn't bother me that Conan's going off the air because of, he brought Andy Richter. I don't how that guy got on TV is beyond me. Andy uh, Richter. I, I can't. Oh, I always liked Richter. He just bugs me. I was happy when he when I saw that he brought Andy Richter onto the Tonight Show. I was yeah, like, yeah. All right. I like the idea of the sidekick though. I like that John, John oh, McPherson yeah. Edward Man thing. Yeah, no. I like a sidekick, but he just seems like he's just so dopey. <laughs> right. Yeah. He's uh he's kind of doughy, but I, I think he I think he adds something to Conan. I mean, I think when Conan first started off, he really needed him. Yeah. Um, because you know he wasn't as comfortable being by himself, so that that really worked. Uh, you know, their back and forth. And then Conan did the show so long without him, and then you know when he came back, I think it was a little weird, kind of figuring out his role. But I, I, I mean, I've watched the show um, religiously as a youngster, but lately I hadn't watched as much. But I, I got back into it this past week, and the the past week the shows have been great. But I think uh, you know Conan was kind of a little more uptight, a little more stiff, and didn't find a great way to transition his 12:30 edginess to the broadness that you need for an 11:30 show. Yeah, no, but I'll tell you, this last, yeah, the last week or two, I, I've been flipping back and forth between all of them. Yeah, I know, it's great. They're just going at each other. Letterman's uh, talking shit on everyone. Uh, Kimmel's <laughs> dressing up as Leno. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's it's exciting, man. I uh, I dig the drama. Because then, you know, they get real. They get real pissed off. Leno had a great line in his monologue, actually, uh, last night. He was like, uh, you know, uh, uh, Letterman's been hammering me, and... Uh, 
You know how you uh, get Letterman to ignore you? You uh, marry him. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, man, I've read about that online. Uh, it's good luck. I don't let him that. All right, well, uh, thanks for tuning in, Jason. Appreciate the call. All right, bring back Mob and Marys, will you? Hey, All right. Yeah, this is the same Jason. That's what I thought. I used to do comedy with this guy. Um, do you know? Have you ever heard of the room Marvin Marys? Oh yeah, yeah. I was I was there all the time. <clears throat> really? Yeah, I got, I got a Marvin Marys T-shirt. I know Jason from Marvin Marys too. I know oh Bino. My God, I wanted to shoot myself going <laughs> in there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, long story short, uh, Marvin Marys was this kind of hole in the wall bar where, um, you know, this guy Bino, out of the goodness of his <clears throat> heart, just let people go up uh, the entire night. It had a certain just a uh, graveyard atmosphere, oh. but certain, you know, I, there it had certain charm. But, uh, oh, <laughs> yeah, as far as as far as great crowds, it definitely wasn't yeah. wasn't Marvin Marys. Oh, that place was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, let's see. Norm talked about uh, redheaded rubes, <laughs> and uh, do you consider yourself a redhead, John? You know, because uh, you kind of got you got the reddish in the beard, but it looks. I have a very red beard. My hair is technically strawberry blonde. Strawberry blonde, nice. But that sounds a little bit uh, feminine to yeah, say. Yeah, a man of. Yeah, and on my license in Illinois, my hair, the hair said red, strawberry blonde, and the eyes red, hazel green. And when I <laughs> when I changed out here, I, I I was like, I went to the DMV and I was like, yeah, and they're like hair color. I'm like strawberry blonde. She goes, you can have blonde hair, you can have strawberry hair, or you can have red hair, but you can't have strawberry blonde hair. And I was like, um, <laughs> red, I guess. I don't know, because in the winter time it's more red. When it's lighter, when it's sunny out, it's blonder, I guess. I don't Fair know. enough. Yeah. I saw this. Uh, I saw this on the internet. It, this is a, uh, a chubby redheaded kid posted this on his, uh, I don't know, I guess a blog or some sort of YouTube channel. Say it to me. South Park would say that red-haired people don't have <laughs> souls, okay? He's getting all worked up because South Park has had that episode about gingers having no souls, and apparently this poor kid's getting tortured. Because we do. We do have souls, all right? <laughs> I love how he has and to lately clarify. And I've been being called a do. ginger. <laughs> a fat ginger. <laughs> Oh, also, he's fat. <laughs> That's not South Park's fault, buddy. That's not South. <laughs> South Park didn't make you eat that food. They didn't make you sit in and play Xbox. Fat is something that you clearly have control over. You fat ginger. <laughs> fat soulless ginger. Bye, everybody at school. And it really hurts my feelings. Why is he shooting this outside? I can hear I like cars driving yeah, by. Yeah, yeah this is—it's not the greatest production, but the emotion in it is real. But it does really bad. Teachers have souls. <laughs> now that—that that is a teacher. No, it, he says gingers. It's—it sounds like teachers though. It's weird. I like it, Dutton, but it does really bad. Teachers have souls. Oh my God. I love how I go to church. I'm a Christian. You don't know me. <laughs> You're not God. <sighs> You're not God. You don't know who has a soul and who doesn't. All right? I like how he says... Wow. Um, oh, man. Poor guy. I like how he says... Jeez. Uh, I like how he says that uh, he acts like it doesn't bother him, but it does. Like, people wouldn't <laughs> yeah. be able to tell that That's it was bothering him. Why obviously, yeah, obviously they know it's bothering you. Yeah, we've all been in high school. That, the <laughs> nerd who gets super angry is the one you're going to pick up. Oh, yeah, that's the, guy, that's the guy you fuck with. Yeah. The people that, like... The people that don't care, you leave them alone. You're right. What's the point of picking on someone if it doesn't drive them crazy? <laughs> drive them insane, exactly. <laughs> 
Well, my my friend's older brother uh, used to tell me that redhead kids um, were aliens. Nice. Like all redheaded people were aliens. And then uh, a, a couple years back, I, I dated a girl with red hair, and I, I think you know Matt Dittman. Yeah, uh, Matt bu- Dittman. He was like, he's like, Dude, you got you got to have babies. Too, you gotta have babies. I go, why? What for? And he's like, well, because I read an article that by the year like 2050, there'll be no more redheaded people left on Earth. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, well, I don't care really. I mean, I'm that's like, a great, yeah. that's a great sales pitch to the lady. <laughs> no, it's not about me having sex with you. It's about preserving <laughs> our unique genetic quality. Jeez, you only think of yourself. <laughs> think of humanity. Now, I, uh, you mentioned Matt Dittman, uh, another comic. I, I was watching your YouTube channel and I saw some videos of you guys. Uh, Tooling around in Montana. Now I know you do the road, or you, you ha- you've done the road. Huh. Describe uh, describe what life's like. You're leaving L.A. in a car, driving up to uh, to do a triple run out in Montana <laughs> to do some, you know, local yokel places. Describe describe that experience of going on the road in Montana in the winter. What's that like? The first three hours are awesome because you're like road trip. Yeah, Enter, this yeah, is gonna man. be fun. This We're is gonna a bonding go. experience. Yeah, this will be great. And then uh, like right after those three hours are done, you want to kill yourself and the person you're with, and then you just go from one shitty hotel to another. <laughs> and the the thing with triple runs is the the reason they're so annoying. People say like you meet people on the road and like, oh, it must be great. You only work 45 minutes a night, you know. Like no, the doing the comedy is not the work on the show. Oh yeah, no, the stage is the that's the relief. The yeah, the the traveling and the everything being so shitty all the time. (laughs) It's like there's no like you go to small towns, it's not like everything becomes really oh it's high quality now. It's no, it's just like it's really bad. (laughs) So it's just the low standard of living that's the biggest. uh, Well, it's just it's not and it's not like I'm not trying to knock it. I mean, you want to live in Malta, Montana, that's cool, but man. They like they're like oh you're staying at the nice hotel. <laughs> oh. Describe, what, I didn't I sat on the edge of the bed I sat on the edge of the bed and, and then the the power went out so I couldn't watch TV <clears throat> and then uh, I was with Marty Laquadera and I just knocked on his room I was like hey we're not gonna sleep here tonight we're gonna drive back and it was like 24 hour car ride back but we left we literally he walked off stage we collected our money we got in the car and drove away it was terrible. But have you ever had any <laughs> now I know I know the bad part of the road the, obviously the travel. Shitty accommodations is is there anything that's worth it? Like, are the crowds really fun? Do you do you need I, some uh you know some heavy set drunk chicks that give you that teach you some country loving that you never saw before? Like, what? I feel like there's got to be some redeeming aspect of the there whole def- experience. There definitely is, and and I and when you're younger and you're doing those kind of runs, it is fun, and the and being on stage is the most fun because when you're in L. A. you get what seven to ten minutes max. Right. So you get in a 45, 30 so, minute set or whatever. Yeah. To be able to feature headline on the road, you can, you know you can do up to an hour, and you can really. You know, you come off the road, you come off doing a week of triple runs, you come back to L.A., and you're really sharp. You're really on top of your game, you know, because you're condensing everything you've been doing, where you've been meandering and talking to everybody and taking your time, condensing it to seven minutes, and you're just picking the good stuff. So it's – it and it's it, those people need entertainment. And the nice thing is that even though you're really nobody, they see you on stage and they think that you're somehow right. an entertainer. So they treat you – like that, and it's nice. So even it's though nice. the accommodations are crappy, the generally the people that come out, yeah, and hang yeah, out, it's a yeah, good time. yeah. I mean, you're gonna get the. I, I just, I'm a douchebag magnet. I just the, <laughs> the beard, whatever it is, man. Like I don't get. No one's really ever wanted to fight me, but I just get guys that want to hang out with me and party with me that I don't want anything to do. Well, with. I think that I think yeah, and I I. I'm the same way sometimes where you mention uh, partying in your act or yeah, like, I talk about you talk drugs about drinking, alcohol, or yeah, drugs yeah. or whatever, and then immediately 
<laughs> you're just like this uh, this light to these weirdo moths yeah. that flock to you after the show. That just like, yeah, let's do this, man. Let's make this an experience. Yeah, and they and they, and it's like the table goes crazy. I say one thing about cocaine at the sh- bowling alley show in Texas. <laughs> and this table goes crazy. This table like seven dudes, and I was like, and then I kept making fun of them. Like table one over here knows that they have cocaine or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Sure enough, after the show, they're like, hey man, you want to party? And I was like, uh, no, dude, I do not want to party with you guys. I'll see you later. Wow. Yeah, no, I mean, normally when you're talking about those experiences, it's it's not in, like, a, a great light. It's more in right. a regretful... Like, look, I actually say dead inside in, yeah. in the bit, and then they're like, yeah, cool, let's party. Dead inside, too. Cocaine. Like, no, dude, you're not getting it. No, they, uh, yeah, they just hear... They, yeah, it is funny how you, people just kind of tune out and just hear certain key words like, oh... You said uh, drugs. You said yeah. weed. Okay. You said beer. Cool. Yeah. No, I was trying to. I was trying to share a thought or an <laughs> insight about that experience or about uh, general humanity, but uh, it's, it's lost on some crowds. Yeah, but everybody relates differently, so it works out. But yeah, I mean, it is. It can be rewarding in the sense that audiences are audiences. You want to entertain people. You want to make people laugh, and that's a great way to do it. Sounds like a good time. All right. Well. Uh, we're going to take a quick moment here and uh, talk about uh, Amazon, Logan. <laughs> That's right. That's right, yeah. John. That's oh. what's happening. Oh, we're taking a moment to talk about taking Amazon. Taking a moment. We're going to take, you know, we're having fun here. We're enjoying ourselves. We're talking about entertainment. We're talking about the late night wars. We're talking about films. And, uh, you know, Amazon right now, they got some DVD specials. Um, <laughs> yeah. In ge- have you used Amazon, John? Uh, I, have, I have, in fact, yes. I've ordered quite a few things off Amazon. How's the experience? <clears throat> it has been delightful. I, I, I'm not a big fan of leaving my apartment, so right. if I can order a book or a CD or a movie online and they can be delivered to my house and I don't even have to talk to the mail guy, I'm pretty happy. And now now uh, they have the MP3s. They have great deals on MP3s. In fact, uh, a lot cheaper than what you can do on the iTunes stuff. Plus, they don't have all those uh, weird uh, copyright locks, so it's easy to burn from your CD or whatever. So you got that going on, and yeah, DVDs, CDs, now they even have, like, uh, camping equipment. They literally have everything you need, and, uh, you know, they really... Have camping easy. equipment? Yeah, they have camping equipment. They oh. literally, <laughs> it's it's turned into almost an online Walmart. That's They're crazy. actually going head-to-head with Walmart in prices. So if you know, if, if there's someone out there that can undercut Walmart in prices... And, and deliver it to you. Exactly, and they don't treat their workers like crap, I'm assuming, and... Uh, so, yeah, all you do to help out uh, the green room, you go to shantigreen.com, you click the Amazon link, and then you just bookmark that link. And then every time you come back for Amazon, helps out the green room, helps the show going. And, uh, you know, I know we'd appreciate it. I know Amazon would appreciate it. I know the economy would appreciate it. I know Barack Obama would appreciate it. I think God would appreciate it, too. God would, yes. He would. God's very giving. He gives ginger souls, and he gives you <laughs> the ability to enjoy great entertainment at a low cost. Make sure you check out Shanti Green. For the Amazon link. All right, we're back. That was a pretty exciting moment, huh, John? It was great. I you like no how idea, I just integrated that live read? <clears throat> yeah, we're gonna I'm a, I'm a broadcast commercial. professional. You're a genius. Well, <laughs> I was talking about how shitty my weekend was because I watched that serious man, but I did I did actually have a good time during the weekend. I was at some say, point, that movie couldn't have ruined your whole weekend. No, it, it didn't. It uh, it brought it down a little bit. But <laughs> what brought it up was uh, not only did I win money on gambling. But I gambled on the New York Jets, and uh, <clears throat> there you go. Are you a Jets fan? Ah, uh, sure. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I'm the same way. Whoever's uh, covering the spread, I'm a big fan of. <clears throat> and I don't know if you know anything about the players on the Jets, but there's a certain player that uh, naturally I'm a big fan of. You set it down. 47. 
Strong green, plowing ahead, and taking off. Green to the 20. He's not going to be caught. Touchdown, New York Jets. Now, while this is going on, I'm literally standing up, pumping my fist, going, I'm the man. I'm the <laughs> man. They're just winning money on me scoring the touch. Well, not me, but obviously the. the <laughs> Your my, likeness. My black doppelganger, if you <laughs> <Yeah>. say. <laughs> Broke away from Eric Weddle and explodes for 53 yards and a touchdown. I mean, you know, I do have an explosive burst, so there are some similarities. He's become such a part of this Jets offense late in the year. And hasn't been worn down by too many carries. You said it. Nope, I, I got, I'm a pretty sturdy guy. Jim, it's just he explodes, and here's what catches you by surprise. When he's in the open field, they can't catch him. You can't catch me. You can only yeah, hope to contain me, Logan. There's a whole lot more speed there than you ever thought. You can only hope to contain me. Are you a big uh, sports fan, John? I do like sports. And when I say I'm, I'm rooting for the Jets in the AFC, but I am, in fact, a Bears fan. <clears throat> Bears fan. Oh, so, man, tough season. Sorry to hear yeah, about that. It was what was your fan. take on uh, Cutler coming over to the Bears? Obviously, in hindsight. Uh, my, my, my original, yeah, what my was original, original? reaction was, um, <clears throat> I believe I said something like, ha, 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 suck it, rest of the NFL. We're going to kick ass. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and that... Uh, it didn't happen. That's subsided. But I think uh, I would have liked to have seen Lovey go and just clean out everybody. But um, they brought in, they're bringing in some people. I don't know, Mike Tice. I don't know. First off, I I mean, this is one of those weird moves. It's like when they took uh, Zorn's play calling ability away. Yeah. When they take Lovey's entire staff and fire them, why not just fire Lovey? Because you're totally neutering the guy. Like, basically... His judgment was to pick these guys to help him coach. And his you, judgment was wrong. It was yeah, bad. if you didn't think he was good enough, then why do you fire the entire staff? And then who's going to make the pick to rehire these people? Lovey Smith is obviously going to have something to do with it. What makes you think he's going to be able to pick up from there? I think Lovey Smith's a good coordinator, but I don't think – I don't know. It, it doesn't seem from what we've seen of him. No. I, he seems a little one-dimensional. I am – you know, <clears throat> the year we went to the Super Bowl against the Colts, I was like, eh. Okay, Lovey Smith, but I wasn't keen on him before that, and then that next season I was like, mm. well, yeah, I mean that that year they won, the year they went to the Super Bowl. It, I don't know, I gotta say, I think the coaching hurt them that year because it seemed like on defense it was just these guys stepping up, making huge plays. That combined with Devin Hester, that's why they were winning games. <clears throat> yeah. And then if they could have put together any sort of strategy on offense, any kind of basic formula, Rex Grossman. Yeah, exactly. They would have been all right. All right, we got a uh, we got another call coming in here. Caller, you're on the green room. Yo, what's up, brother? Yo, what's going on? Who's this, Zach? Zach, yeah, what's up, man? All right, Zach calling in from uh, Quakertown, Pennsylvania. Thanks for calling on, man. What's happening? Yeah, yeah, not too much, man. Just wanted to uh, see uh, your opinion. Heard, heard you talking about sports, so I want to see your opinion on uh, what do you think the Bills should do this year, next year coming up. <laughs> well, what was that hire they just made? I mean, Chan Gailey? What was that? He was on the top of everyone's coaching list. I, <laughs> why, who, whose list? Like, what are you talking about? If That's you ridiculous. said to me, Sean... If you would have said to me two days ago, is Chan Gainley alive or dead? I wouldn't have been surprised with either answer. Like, oh, he's dead? Yeah, I assumed he was dead for five years. Like, <laughs> I, I don't know. The Bills are a uh, a troubled franchise. They really need 
I don't know why they didn't um, just get one of these hot coordinators. You know, wait till Minnesota gets knocked out and get their defensive coordinator. I don't know why. Who else was knocking down Chan Gailey's door that they felt like they had to sign him right away? Like, oh, we got to lock up Chan Gailey. Yeah, there's other, like, I just heard that Brian Billick wasn't even talked to. Like, they didn't even talk to him. Yeah. When was Who the last? man? Zach, you're a Bills fan. What's your thoughts on this uh, coaching hire? I have no idea. Chan Gailey? I mean, seriously, who the hell is Chan <laughs> Gailey? Yeah, when was you know, his like, last heard, coaching thing? I, I heard in the beginning that they were looking at Bill Cowher, and I'm like, oh, yeah, that dude's a hard ass. You know, he's going to come in there and start tearing people up. I'm thinking, yeah, me and my cousin, like the two lone Bill fans, were like, dude, <laughs> this is it. They're going to do it. They're, they're going to get a, a decent coach, and maybe we can be happy with ourselves for a while. Wrong. Cowher, you know? Cowher didn't and even want it, though. Chan yeah, Cowher didn't want it, though, did he? No, I, I no, he, he turned it down. He didn't want it, but he did say that he 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 uh, gave his graces to Chan Gailey. So I don't know, maybe Chan Gailey has some naked pictures of his wife or some <laughs> shit. <laughs> well, of course he's going to recommend Chan Gailey. He's going to recommend anyone but himself because he doesn't want to go to Buffalo. Plus, he wants the Giants job, I heard, so if that ever opens up, he'll take that and then he'll have to play Chan Gailey and yeah. give his praises. What praises? What has that guy done? I don't understand. All right. Dude, I, has he even been in the NFL? Who knows? Okay, Gailey was hired on January 16, 2008, to become the offensive coordinator of the Kansas City Chiefs. Okay, good. So Booyah. He's, there so you he's go. on a on a hot streak there. Um, let's see. Last is last year in college, 2007 Georgia Tech. Uh, he took them to a seven and six record. They lost the Humanitarian nice. Bowl. <laughs> in 2006, Georgia Bill Tech went Bowl. nine and five, lost the Gator Bowl. In 2005, they went seven and five and lost the Emerald Bowl. Oh, uh, he's, <laughs> never, he's never won a bowl game. <laughs> Let's see. His... You know what? The, the, the Bills are turning into like the new Raiders almost because oh, it's like when that. they brought Art Shell. You're like seriously, oh, Art Shell? Yeah. Is that who you coming at him with? Art Shell is awful. Yeah, no, I don't think they're quite in. Uh, I'm not gonna say put them quite in Raider territory. Uh, but yeah, they need to do something. They need to start from you know the quarterback position, really build something. Are they getting rid of To? Uh, I don't know. Uh, Zach, what do you think? What did you think, you, what did you think of, of that when they got To? What did you think of that? Uh, I mean, I, I I guess the guy's good. I mean, I figured it's putting people in the seat, so at least they're not moving the team to Toronto. But oh. you know, I don't know. Now they're talking about people around here. They're saying that they they're looking at Michael Vick because you know I hear all the Eagles talk, so they're saying Michael Vick might go to Buffalo. So it's like that wouldn't be bad. No, except be... I don't know how he'd play in the. Well, he played in Philly, but yeah. And how do uh, I don't know like how the, he didn't like the cold, cold weather, weather though. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm sure he doesn't like cold weather, but at some point Michael Vick has to go where the paycheck is, uh, yeah, and he wants he, to and start. And he wants to start. That, that so yeah, say, if yeah. he wants to start, maybe he has to go up to Buffalo and suck it up. I think that's honestly the biggest drawback from playing in Buffalo. It seems like players aren't dying to go up there and play. I mean, I think it does have a great fan base. You know, it's not a big city though. It's not a big market. It's kind of tucked up away from there. And they need to draft a quarterback that kind of, you know, they has that in on. mind that he's going to be throwing in high wind, crappy weather. They're like, they need a plan around that. I think who they have uh, now, I don't, you know, he doesn't seem like he can throw the ball who in do uh, they have crappy now? conditions. Who is, who is it? Edwards, right? Uh, yeah, Edwards, and then they had Fitzpatrick. But, uh, all right, you know, I can't even talk about the Bills anymore. It's making me piss off. <laughs> all right. Well, we're bumming Zach out, but uh, thanks for calling up, Zach. Appreciate the call. <laughs> no problem, dude. Nice right, to meet you, man. Yeah, um, yeah, no. Uh, that's a real Bills fan. I can't even talk about this anymore. I gotta go punch something. <laughs> yeah, um, that's my buddy Zach calling in. He's a diehard Bills fan. Like, you know, lives in Pennsylvania because his family was a, re- you know, he's got some family up in Buffalo who kind of bought him into the Bills thing. But yeah, he's a diehard Buffalo Bills fan. 
And um, he has on top of his TV, he has a Buffalo Bills brick, which, uh, you know, like a styrofoam brick. So, you know, preseason is just sitting out there and then smash cut to game one. He's just chucking the styrofoam brick at the big screen TV and just trying to get all his frustration out. Yeah, I used to root. The Bills were like my AFC team in, in high school for some reason, and they... Yeah, no, I mean, they're on Super Bowl after Super Bowl after Super Bowl. They just that Norwood thing really, uh, really took the franchise back. I think that, I think that disheartened the people. I do like how Chris Berman, uh, you know, always brings up the line that no one, no one, uh, what is it, circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. That's that's my favorite part about the (laughs) Buffalo Bills franchise. All right, John, well, uh, we're kind of wrapping up here at the end, but I wanted to talk about uh, briefly one thing that we do have in common is. We both also love one of the greatest rock bands of all time, the Grateful Dead. Yes, as a matter of fact, I do love that band. Now, when did you get first turned on to the Dead? Uh, I would have to say it was like 91, probably between 90 and 91, like right when I got into high school. Um, and then I didn't see a show until 92 was my first show at Soldier Field. Nice. Now, and what then, was it? How long... Uh, like, describe what happened, um, you know, a couple of years later, he passed away. What did that... It was it was bad news. I mean, that was what I planned my summers around at that point. I like I went on tour and I went out and saw multiple shows at a time. And uh, when Jerry died, uh, I was going through like I had cancer at the time, so I was going through chemotherapy oh, and stuff. So, but I was planning on that was going to be you know my summer. And I had just seen shows in Seattle and I had just I'd gone all over to see him and and uh, it was a bummer, man. And then I tried to go to a couple shows afterwards, you know, and I was like, eh, it's not as good. But then I just saw they came back as the dead. I just saw them at uh, the forum. Yeah, I, this was the first time I'd ever seen the dead. That um, was the first time you ever saw them? Yeah, because... That was actually a really good show. Yeah, no, I mean, actually, awesome. th- that tour was the first time I ever saw them. I saw them uh, three times during that tour. I saw them in Long Island, then I saw them in Madison Square Garden, oh. and then I saw them uh, out in the forum where I saw you. Yeah. I remember it was a funny phone call because I, I knew John was going to the show, too. I was like, oh, I'll give you a call. Maybe we'll meet up. You know, because normally that doesn't work out, but I remember calling him. He's like, find the KLOS tent. Find the 95.5 Classic Rock KLOS tent. I'm taking a piss behind it, all right? (laughs) And then I was able to meet up with John. (laughs) And then it was just both of us pretty wasted and just like, yeah, let's do this. And, yeah, that was a great show, man. Great time. I had a couple people ask me if I was okay during that. Can I stand here? Like, are you okay? I'm like, yeah, I'll be fine. (laughs) You know it's bad. If they single out you at a Grateful Dead concert, like, all right. You know, meanwhile, like, people are. Getting taken out in the stretcher from like uh, dehydration oh. of ecstasy and cocaine, but they're like, "Are you all right too? We got room in the ambulance." All right, well, uh, Logan, as he uh, traditionally does, uh, likes to wrap things up with a haiku. You ready, Logan? Yes, I am. All right. A serious man. <laughs> Swedish penis enlarger. Following the dead. Profound. All right, John. That's pretty good, man. Thanks for doing the nice. show. Where can uh, <laughs> where can people check you out? Um, well, you can go online, uh, Facebook.com, John Huck Comedian. Um, and I'll be at the Hollywood Improv Saturday night hosting the Tom Rhodes Maria Bamford show. All right. Nice. Make sure you check that out. It's a good show. All right. Thank you, everyone, for tuning into the Green Room uh, every Thursday, 8 o'clock, here on LA Talk Radio.
forget to check out t- SeanTGreen.com and subscribe to the show today on iTunes. I love Sean Green. I love Sean Green.